0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that ever refused to use. No doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans. Is the broadcast for July 28th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution, we stand for peaceful restoration. Of the greatest country on the face of the earth, LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Our websites, check it out today. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on, Mr. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org. And we talked about Lou has become one of the best sites for real reporting these days, doing a phenomenal job. We also talked about Andrew Wakefield released the 1986 Act, or it's called 1986, the Act, if you will. It's a film all about big farmers' immunity to vaccine reality. Yeah, they don't have any liability, folks. It's a serious problem. They tell you vaccines are safe and effective, but $4 billion in the Injury Compensation Fund for Vaccines prove the contrary. All funded by us, the taxpayers, hidden by Congress. Cases go to a secret court, and you never know about any of it. And then they want to tell you about fake news? Good luck with that plan. All right, how totalitarianism begins, Andrew Napolitano writes an incredible article. That article is followed up by, hey, about those spooky cops in Portland, Jeff Deist. We also talked about Ron Paul, the Homeland Security Department, like all federal agencies, will increase in size and scope and budget and purpose over the next several decades to the point where it will be unrecognizable by Congress. Sad but true, Ron Paul's right as rain once again. Does wearing a mask cause diagnostics tests to read positive for COVID? John Rappaport writes the article, and the answer is yes. You breathe your own CO2 long enough, makes you sick. If you're sick, you're breathing out your air and then breathing it right back in, aren't you? Is that going to be good for you? Is increasing CO2 in your air going to be good for you? I think not. We talked about truth, conspiracy, or snafu. You decide what it's going to be. We also talked about Liberty Roundtable Live is Solutions Radio, right? We never leave you hopeless. What does God say? God says clearly. My people, which are called by my name, they need to repent and turn to me. And if they do, I'll heal other land and protect them. Amen to that. That was our one hour two. We had Dr. Scott Bradley with us to preserve the nation is his goal. Freedomsrisingsun.com is his website. And we talked about this incredible article on the Church of Jesus Church of Jesus Christ.org. But it's called A Witness and a Warning, and it's written by Ezra Taft Benson. And it says, no nation which has kept the commandments of God has ever perished. But I say to you, once freedom is lost, only blood, human blood, will bring it back. We're not making a prediction as much as we're giving you a warning, a concern. We pray it doesn't happen. We pray that we can peacefully keep the commandments of God and stop the unraveling. It is well to ask, ladies and gentlemen, what system established secret works of darkness to overthrow nations by violent revolution? Yeah, who made or who put forth the atheistic doctrine that says God made us not? Answer, communism, folks. We also talked about Walmart, Home Depot and others. Good news, walking back, face back mandates saying, yes, we will serve folks without masks. Good for them. at the start. We also talked about a Yale epidemiologist. Trump drug could save a hundred thousand lives. Physicians urge government to stop blocking hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine. Police headline: Off-duty New York cop saves woman trapped under a marina dock. She was eighty years old and got trapped, and the cop saved her. Why don't we hear any good stories about the police these days, huh? Because it goes against their narrative to divide and conquer the greatest country on the face of the earth. That's why. We also talked about California churches. Some of them doing a great job defying governor's orders to close indoor operations. They simply say this. We have a First Amendment right to worship. Amen to that. And we finished by Jesus Matters. I guess a black Christian group pours paint over the BLM mural in New York City. We're going to take our country back by any means necessary. Well, I want to be very careful with that. Again, we reject revolution. Let's be very careful when we think we're being the good guys, because we might end up violating the Constitution and being the bad guys if we're not very careful. It's It's a mixed-up world. right, that's a recap of yesterday's broadcast. News the network refused to use starts now. Well-known constitutional attorney, well-known former chairman, what, thrice times in the Constitution Party. Mr. Jim Clymer, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir.
2: Hey, thank you. It's good to be here.
1: Constitutionparty.com is the website to check out for that. Uh, and let's start talking about Don Blankenship officially announces presidential bid for 2020. Donblankenship.com, the website. Don Blankenship twenty twenty is now the Constitution Party nominee for president of the United States of America. And he says, meet my running mate, William Maurer. Or how do you say that? Is it M-O-H-R. Is it Maurer? Moore. Moore. All right. Yeah. A little different spelling Moore. than Roy Moore, but it's more nevertheless.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, pronounced the same way, I think, but just uh, spelled differently.
1: All right. So you got uh, Don and William on the ticket, and they have... A very interesting campaign. Uh, before we get to what their campaigns are, though, they're working on getting on the ballot in every state in Minnesota, Rotoho, the critical nature of gaining ballot status nationwide. The vast majority of Americans are unaware of the obstacles third parties face to place their candidates on the ballot in each state. Some are easy. Most are quite difficult and unreasonable. Jim, let's start there.
2: Yeah, they certainly are. And, you know, there's a lot of states have in their constitution that the elections are to be uh, free and equal. Um, You begin to wonder whether they're free. And we know that most states, they are not in any way or near equal in terms of being— Well, it's kind of
1: like animal farming, Jim.
2: Yeah, Right. New speak, <laughs> new new language words mean new things uh, but yeah it's it's really an interesting year because of this year, of course, with the Wuhan virus, uh, it's been very difficult to get signatures that we normally need to get on the ballot and uh, you know t- two ways you have a lot of we had a lot of uh, lockdown orders of course, where people were not allowed to be out. Engaging the public, and the other thing is, of course, people are fearful. They don't want to take a pen from somebody and sign a paper that other people had their hands on, and so it's uh, it's presented a real challenge for getting signatures for all the par, all the minor parties. But and now, in a number of states, they did ease the restrictions. They uh, some through lawsuits, and some just some through administrative orders where the they took it upon themselves the department of state uh would uh, uh make changes administratively and then there were a number of states where lawsuits were filed and and the court lowered the number signatures or made it easier to get on the ballot easier in terms of numbers not easier overall because even i mean just for example in um uh, Virginia, they cut it in half uh, from five thousand down to twenty five hundred. Well, twenty five hundred is still a very difficult hurdle to get over because, uh, for what I just said, because of the uh, the fears of revolving around the pandemic, the virus. And people not wanting to sign because yeah,
1: not only not wanting to sign, but where are you going to go out and approach people, right, Jim? Where you you know you don't want people oh, yeah. walking up and going, "Hey, can I talk to you?" Uh, no, get away. Let's do the most unsocial thing and let's social distance. Kind of an idea. How do you even talk to people to work on that project,
2: right? Well, well you can't, and and most states large gatherings are prohibited, and that's where our signature gathers usually got signatures at large gatherings, whether it be a. A fair or uh, some other event where there's a lot of people coming, and it's it's a good place to get signatures normally, and, and they're not being held. So
1: yeah, like a gun show, many 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 places, right?
2: Sure, sure, absolutely, and, and they've been canceled. But strangely enough, right here in my home state of Pennsylvania, we filed suit and got no relief at all. The judges, you know, threw it out without any giving any relief whatsoever. More or less said, you know, you're a tough luck guys. Uh, you haven't shown that you can't that you can't do it, and or that's an unreasonable burden. So it's it's not all good news, but but some states we have got, like I said, we've gotten some relief, uh, but um, uh, it's it's a extremely difficult well, made more difficult this year, this time around. It's always very difficult, but this year has made much more difficult because of the pandemic.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's hard. How many ballots uh, would Don and uh, Blankenship and Mr. William Moore, uh, how many ballots would they be on, or how many state ballots would they be on, you know?
2: Well, it's too early to tell, but I mean, we're... I think something was realistic is that we're in the 25 to 30 range, but uh, there's uh, it's hard to tell at this point. All right, hang there's tight. Quick
1: pause. Liberty Roundtable Live, Jim Clymer on your radio.
3: Dad, can you make him stop?
4: Honey, he needs to practice.
3: He's been at it an hour.
4: Well, just trying to be patient. Dad, it sounds like a cat calling for help or something.
3: Worse, a basement full of cats. Yeah. You know, honey it is a little hard on the
4: ears.
5: Not you, too.
4: Well, maybe we could all play a game. Andrew, do you want to play a board game? Uh, how about we watch a video? Hide and seek? Oh, I don't know, I give up.
5: Maybe we could all just sneak out of the house.
4: Honey, he's nine years old. We can't leave him home alone. And? We can make him practice with a sock.
5: Well, I guess we'll have to get some ice cream.
4: Did I hear someone say, ice cream?
5: Family, isn't it about time?
4: Oh, I see the practice hasn't hurt your ears. Well, I'm a serious musician. Funny that you
3: never seem to get better on that thing. Works every time.
0: From the Church of Jesus Christ
5: of Latter-day Saints. Hey, uh, where'd all these cats come from?
6: I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty, carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens. Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate, and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch, and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
1: All right, the battle is tough just to get on the ballot in every state. Constitutionparty.com. This is true for all third-party situations, even the Libertarian Party. Uh, Now Kanye West wanted to jump on a new party. He wants to call the birthday party. I think he's got one or two states, and that's it. (laughs) Uh, But I I put my faith in parties and groups and people that have been around a whole lot longer that have been vetted and that you can understand who they are and what they stand for. That's just my personal view, uh, Jim.
2: Yeah, well, of course. I mean, there's certainly some strength in numbers, and in, in uh, what does Proverbs say that multitude of counselors are safety. So uh, you know, we need the lone wolf is a dangerous situation to be in. But uh, yeah, Kanye West. I don't know how many states he'll get on. He there 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 are maybe half a dozen that are quite easy to get on, relatively easy, I should say. And um, so he he might get on five or six states. I can't imagine him getting on many more than that. He started too late. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a quixotic uh, adventure for him, I believe. But uh, that's that's his nature.
1: Well, the good news is that the Constitution Party is on a whole lot more states than that. Every day there's a, a few more. It's a tough battle due to the coronavirus. But it's important for Americans, and this is kind of, in my opinion, the biggest news story of elections. I know we hear a lot about vote fraud and mail ballots and all those things, and they're worthy discussions. Uh, but even a greater discussion than that is, hey, the average American, Don Blankenship, happens to be the average American. Now, he started out uh, it really in the energy business, right?
2: Well, the coal business. Yeah. Oh, the coal business,
1: yeah. Right. And he did very well there. He eventually went to jail. And they like to make a big deal out of this. But I kind of would come back and say, you know, it reminds me a lot of the shenanigans that have taken place against President Trump even. Where, you know what, now Barr is supposed to testify today that the Russia hoax was completely, absolutely bogus. Uh, And you know what, presidents can, uh, what, commute sentences and or, um, you know. And so uh, Don, if he had the chance with the right president in office, uh, they would have saw the truth for what it was. And Don would not have that on his record today, probably.
2: Well, that's right. It was clearly a political move. It was was another one of those political uh, prosecutions, and we've seen a number of them. You, You know that there are different standards depending on your political views and probably depending on who's in office also. And especially during the Obama years, there were a lot of political prosecutions like that and Don Blankenship was one of them Obama had sworn uh against any of the uh, the coal industry and he was bound and determined to to cripple it as much as he could and you know you ought to you need to hear his story of what all went on there and then of course the media went along with it and and uh he's suing Uh, several of the media outlets which said that he was convicted of a felon uh, a felony and saying that he was when he was running for the uh, u.s senate in in uh, west virginia it called him a felon on, on several occasions and of course he was not a felon he was uh he was convicted of a misdemeanor and uh
1: yeah but jim if you just lie long enough the people could never know the truth buddy
2: yeah, well, he sued him, and which uh, they he were should to get his get his suit thrown out, and the court just recently upheld it and said that uh, no, he has a right to sue for that, and uh, so the his lawsuit is going forward, and I hope he wins because it was uh, it was clearly, I mean, it was another witch hunt, is really what it was, and and he shouldn't have, been, and he he will probably also get his conviction overturned because that's also in process. But there were so many things that were wrong with that, which I don't have time to get into in here, but he was, uh, uh, he was framed. He was just, uh, he, he shouldn't have even be convicted of the misdemeanor.
1: There you have it. Kurt, you want to chime in?
7: Well, when you think of the, uh, uh, you know, the, witch hunts that have been going on. I mean, uh, you know, we've, we've seen them personally with, uh, friends of ours, uh, like Steve Stockman, that's basically still rot in jail. Um, uh, you know, and yet, um, the average criminal, uh, you know, is released because of, uh, you know, the threat to their health, uh, And, uh, you know, we've got this going on all the time, and it seems like the Clintons and so many others who we know have uh, committed crimes and, well, high crimes, uh, in my opinion, uh, they just run free, right, Jim?
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, you look at Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and, uh, you know, a number of officials in the FBI and the government under the Obama administration and so on uh, lied to Congress. They uh, uh, falsified records, filed uh, FISA petitions under false pretenses and you know, lied to the court. There's, there's so many things that they did that they should be prosecuted for. Maybe they still will be, but I think it's unlikely. I just don't seem to have the stomach to do that. And then on the other hand you have uh Peter Light, you know, people like uh, you mentioned Steve Stockman. Uh just it is just pathetic. And another one is another friend of mine is Philip Zodiades who's also in, in prison on a political uh witch hunt. Uh, as a result of a political witch hunt trial so it's um and and Roger Stone now I'm not necessarily a big fan of Roger Stone but uh if you if you look at the equal judgment equal access under the law to uh, uh or equal treatment under the law of crimes um uh, you know what's happened with Obama's FBI and justice department uh, officials Certainly, it was every bit as great of a crime as what
1: was committed. Well, if not more so, the email scandal from Hillary Clinton, not to mention her uranium Russia deal. Uh, I mean, imagine the couple of years Donald Trump got beat up by Russia. Now, you got Barr coming out saying it was nothing but a big old hoax. It was completely bogus. But Hillary was involved in the Russians. We have their uranium deal to prove it. And speaking of energy...
2: No, yeah, absolutely. That's right. So there's just, there's just no... Uh, equality under the law when it comes to prosecutions for things like that
1: all right let's talk about mail-in ballots because you know there's big concern about this kurt you have a story all mail vote disaster kurt
7: well we've seen this so many times Sam. uh you know we get told by the uh, media that they. uh voting, uh, you know, especially the mail-in voting, is all going to be all good, and yet we see uh, <laughs> problems after problems, uh, story after story of, uh, you know, uh, votes uh, being left uh, piled on the side of the, uh, for example, the side of the apartment buildings, and they just, you know, it just happens over and over, and yet the media wants to tell you that they... The most secure things, this is a World Net Daily piece in this case, but says all mail vote disaster provides warning for November election. One in five votes rejected in state's third largest city. Uh, World Net Daily's got the piece. And, you know, the sad thing is it's, it's not an unusual story, Sam. There's many of them like
1: this. Well, they want to tell you, Jim, that it's just a few isolated instants, but everywhere we look, there seems to be this kind of anomaly, and every anomaly is slightly different, but in the end, it could mean literally millions and millions of votes that are fraudulent. The problem is the mail system was never designed for true custody and integrity of something.
2: Uh, of course, and uh, you know you hear about quite a few. But, you know, there must be thousands and thousands of more examples and probably millions of examples, as you said, of of other voter fraud that hasn't been detected or that they haven't discovered yet. And the uh, things like the ballot harvesting that they have in California, there's just so many things like that where, you know, the Constitution said that there's supposed to be a certain day for the election. And. I don't know how they're getting around that with mail-in ballots and with early voting and everything else that they're doing, but and they do it under the guise of, of course, of making the ballot more accessible to people, but if it's not worth their time to go to a polling place in person, present themselves in person where those the officials can see what they're doing and... And uh, monitor what they're doing. You know, it's it's not worth anything. And you know, there's a reason why they're promoting all this stuff because they, I think, they really want to use it fraudulently.
1: Unfortunately, I think you're right. Liberty Roundtable Live. We stand for integrity, folks. We stand for transparency and accountability. This is Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Exposing corruption informing citizens pursuing liberty you're listening to liberty news radio usa radio news with chris
8: barnes the coronavirus pandemic has now infected 16.5 million people around the world the infection killing more than 654,000. Police in a New Jersey town spent five hours trying to break up a house party on Sunday night. Police in Jackson say over 700 people showed up to the home that was an Airbnb rental. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says...
1: That's put, needlessly putting men and women in uniform and their personal health and their family's health at risk.
8: Attorney General William Barr is expected to accuse Democrats of trying to discredit him over his probe of the Russia investigation. He's going to be testifying before a House panel today. His opening statement released yesterday says President Trump has never interfered in how he handles criminal cases. This is USA Radio News.
3: Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time.
5: I think just taking the balance of nature, I really feel like I just Plain, old-fashioned, feel better. And it's really a noticeable thing. So that, to me, is significant. It really is.
3: Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751. Or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA.
6: While you have free time and you're sitting at home and you ponder what kind of gifts to buy for someone, PatriotDepot.com has you covered from puzzles, games, novelty items. If you're looking for some unique style items when it comes to the president, for more you can check out PatriotDepot.com. Call 844-377-8052. That's 844-377-8052. Or PatriotDepot.com. Use promo code USA.
8: A top National Guard officials expected to dispute White House officials over the administration's decision to forcefully clear protesters last month. CNN is reporting that D.C. Major Adam DeMarco will tell Congress today at a hearing the demonstrators near Lafayette Square were behaving peacefully. His account contradicts those of Attorney General Bill Barr and other administration officials. Democratic lawmakers say they have issues with the new GOP coronavirus stimulus bill. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says it neglects food and rent assistance for Americans who are falling on hard times because of the coronavirus pandemic. And an eviction moratorium is also absent from the bill. That Republican relief bill also includes $1.7 billion for a new FBI headquarters in Washington in D.C. Republican leaders declined to say if they backed the provision, saying you have to ask the administration why it was included. This is USA Radio News.
1: All right, we'll keep an eye on the uh, mail voting fraud scandal unfolding before your very eyes. The Democrats want you to believe there's no mail vote fraud. they want you to believe there's foreign fraud tied to Donald Trump, even though they've never proved it. Donald Trump says there's mail vote fraud, and they say he's, well, he's loco. He's crazy. How can you think such a thing? That couldn't happen in America. They all believe in vote fraud. They just want to blame the fraud on different scapegoats. And no one wants to come to the table for the truth or transparency uh, on the issue. Now, Don Blankenship doing a great job. He says, I have a third way plan for America. In other words, not the Democrat or the Republican plan. But he says it has three principles to it, Jim Clymer. Equality, ethics, and exactness. What do you say?
2: Well, I think he's right. I mean, there is so much It's pretty much generally recognized that there's a lot of corruption in government and so often it's a case of not necessarily what you know but who you know. And uh as i said before in the last segment that there's uh there's difference in treatment on how whether it's you're talking about the justice system or um uh, the civil service branch or, or what it may be there's a there's a discrepancy there's a wide discrepancy in in treatment depending on political views and political beliefs and um I know he wants to get that cleaned up. He wants to get that. He wants to restore. I maybe shouldn't even use that term because I'm not. It's it's probably been a long time before there was any real ethics in government. But I think it's has gotten increasingly worse over the last couple of decades. And,
1: well, that's uh, why he's so spot on to bring it up, though, that, hey, you know what? We need integrity. If you go to his website, when he talks about this three approach, plan, or a third way, if you will, um, he talks about equality, ethics, and exactness. And what he's talking about really is what we need to bring accountability uh, back for the American people, where, you know what, those who work for us need accountability, and it can happen through these principles, equality, exactness, um, or ethics, Ethics and exactness. Yes. Yeah. Okay. These three principles, right. though, will really bring back this accountability, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about.
2: Well, it is. And, uh, you know, recognizing that that these are not potentates that we've elected to office. These are not uh, kings. You know, they, they don't have all power. They're, they're servants. They're supposed to be servants of the people. Uh, the people elected them, and they're accountable to the people. And the uh, they should be held uh, to transparency and accountability to them and uh, you know that's what he's trying to bring back that's trying uh, like i said it's gotten i think increasingly worse over the last uh, several administrations and there's so much the perception that you know these are not ordinary people that we've elected to office they they have the perception themselves of being um know a a class above the people that elected them that's just not the way it's supposed to be uh, The congress especially the house of representatives was designed to be the people's house and it was to be common people who are there to represent the common people at large
1: now the interesting thing about this in my mind is you know wearing masks is a great example of this you know, they don't have authority to mandate masks. Constitutionally, they simply do not have authority to mandate this all over the country. And um, Dr. Scott Bradley, where we had him on yesterday, he brought up this idea. One of his, uh, I don't know, one of his contacts, listeners or whatever, basically said this to him. You know, I think we're going to have a civil war in America. And he's like, over what? And the guy said, over masks. You know, being forced to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. And when you think about their accountability equality ethics and exactness you wouldn't be having masks because these people that are claiming we all should wear masks they've literally in washington dc exempted all government officials for instance they're literally playing games over equality they've certainly got an ethics problem when it comes to the whole corona discussion and there's no exactness in carrying out their constitutional duties jim
2: no i mean that is so true and it's just another example where they have two standards. They have one standard for them and they have one standard, a different standard for the rest of us. And and I really believe, and I I don't know, this may be off topic, but this whole coronavirus thing and what has happened with it. It's just, uh, to me, a clear example of government, uh, of our government, trying to see how far they can go and how much they can get people to... Fall in line and uh you know do what whatever the government says, whatever the governor, and we've especially had that true here in our my state of Pennsylvania, where we had a governor who uh imposed Draconian orders to um on everything you could think of, and it almost seemed like it's designed to. To cripple the economy, you almost get the feeling that's what they want because there's no, no real justification for it when it comes to uh, health concerns, and and of course I know you can find different authorities with uh, coming out with completely different position. But but here's
1: the problem, Jim. I don't care if different people have different opinions. I think they're all entitled to their opinions. They're all entitled to, you know, release whatever they really honestly believe or their research, no matter its contrasting nature or some would say fake news-esque view. My problem is they're shutting down completely uh, any view that's different from the Fauci narrative.
2: Well, absolutely. It is. That's right. Um, And of course, those of us who Look more at the alternate media. We we read a lot of that. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Ben Swan, what the work that he's done on.
1: Yes, it's exploring. phenomenal work. Yeah,
2: it is, and uh, there's just and, and the thing is, we have no reason. The government, the official line of Dr. Fauci and and the CDC and the World Health Organization, has given us no have given us no reason to believe in what they tell us anymore because it it shifts. You know, you, you and I heard, everybody's heard, I think, that Dr. Fauci saying early on that you know, masks don't do any good. In fact, they may make it worse because you put your fingers and your hands to your mouth more often or up to your face more often and could easily make it worse by wearing masks. And then all of a sudden it switches around and, and he also said that it's a uh, It's more of a symbol than anything else of wearing a mask, but now come around and promoting total, uh, you know, mandatory,
1: mandatory. Well, and for decades, they said the science wasn't with wearing masks. Now they say new studies show that it is. And I basically rely and say on the historical reality and say, listen, you can't just change this on a dime and say science backs you up. Even if you say studies do have some new evidence. You've still got to have longevity and reality and scientific method, and they don't have any of those things. In fact, they can't even prove to you that the flu is airborne, Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, there's no scientific evidence that the flu is airborne. So how can they say the corona is when they don't even know what the flu is?
2: Yeah, well, they don't know. know, it's like I said, it's a matter of... Um, seeing how far they can push the people into compliance on whatever they want to mandate. I think it's more of a test than anything else.
1: Now, let me give you an example to prove this point. Kurt, Montana businesses.
7: Very good, Sam. Yeah, looks like uh, the governor there, the Democratic governor, uh, did what they call a uh, mask mandate as of uh, 15th of July. Uh, But not everybody's taking it. Um, You know, it's uh, for, they say, residents age 5 and above, uh, but uh, not everybody's really following it. One uh, business owner posted this, he said, Attention! Governor Steve Bullock has mandated that all customers must wear a mask when entering this facility. If you have a medical condition that prevents you from wearing a mask, you do not need to wear one. If you are not wearing one, we will assume this is the case. Due to HIPAA and the Fourth Amendment, we will not ask about your condition. Thank you for your business. We respect the rights of all. Signed, Steve Bart, my uh, president and owner. Uh, somebody wrote, uh, "Thank you, Bob's Valley. You have now become my favorite store in Helena." So, uh, hey and now pop know, up to the
1: headline, Kurt, because you got to give people your headline.
7: Very good, Sam. Um, you know the headline reads, "Montana business is indignant in face of health department threats following mask mandate."
1: You know, and then the headline says this. We don't wear masks. Montana businesses risk imprisonment to protest mask order. Written by Andrew J. Siastra, I think it is.
7: Yep. It looks like one of those Italian
2: names.
1: Anyway, risk imprisonment? Yes. Jim. There you go. (laughs) This is out of control, sir.
2: Well, it definitely is. In the meantime, they're leaving you know, not uh, prosecuting people who are tearing down buildings and setting buildings in fire and causing all kinds of havoc. And- yeah, I call it
1: insurrection. Like- I call it uh, enemy of the state mentality. We need to take serious, serious action uh, to prevent it before it gets worse. Hang tight, Jim. One more segment, Liberty Roundtable Live. Kurt Crosby, Jim Clymer, ConstitutionParty.com on your radio. <laughs>
4: Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, Movements and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to givemelibertyfund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world
1: so not only are businesses getting arrested in montana we mentioned that you know what one of the key components to the campaign of the presidential and vice presidential candidates on the constitution party is this idea we're talking about don blankenship william moore Don has a third-way plan for America, folks. It has three principles. Equality. Well, if Dr. Fauci can speak, what about a group of doctors elsewhere? We'll talk about that. Ethics. You know what? We need the truth about the coronavirus and exactness. We need to be transparent and tell the tale truthfully, folks. Anyway, we don't wear masks. Montana businesses literally risk imprisonment to protest the mask order. But it gets worse, Curtin.
7: Well, yes, and uh, Sam, one of our uh, well-devoted listeners, uh, Patty, sends us this piece. Uh, The headline reads: uh, Facebook, Google, slash YouTube, Twitter, censor viral video of doctors' Capitol Hill coronavirus press conference. So a bunch Uh, of doctors got
1: together, went to Capitol Hill, and set up a press conference.
7: That's right. It was live, it was phenomenal. Frontline Doctors is what their th- their thing is called, and it was organized and sponsored by the Tea Party Patriots. Uh, this press conference featured Representative Ralph Norman, Republican of South Carolina, Frontline Doctors sharing their views and opinions on coronavirus and the medical response to the pandemic. YouTube, they say, which is owned by Google, Breitbart reminds us, and Twitter subsequently removed footage of the press conference as well. This is how uh censorship works today, right, Jim-
2: it's, yes, it sure does, and it's happening at so many different levels um the um yeah you know, it's it's unprecedented power that's given to these. Outlets that uh, they can shut down people for a message that they don't like, which is not uh, according to their ideology, or which they think is contrary to the to the establishment line, and they can shut them down. Um,
7: yeah, they say it yep. had uh, 17 million views during the eight hours it was hosted on Facebook, with over 185,000 concurrent viewers. So it was a pretty big, big thing.
1: But the mainstream press are saying that they took down a false coronavirus video. That's how the mainstream press is reporting it.
2: Sure. And, and who determines what's false? and who's, You know, that's, that's the danger I see, where you have companies like this who determine, have their own truth sensors, and they decide what's truth and what's not. That's not freedom of speech. That's, well, I think, blatantly unconstitutional.
1: Amen to that. But the problem is, if you sue right now, courts are just dismissing everything. They're dismissing the president of the United States. These single judges in these appellate courts or these middle-level, mid-level courts or whatever, they just simply shut down the president in every turn. They've done it for a couple of years now. Nobody's I, getting I, impeached they, like they should be.
2: Yeah, you know, well... Didn't i see something that there's uh thats happening in congress that they're trying to get the f e c to uh to start regulating the uh, some of these other um groups like they they I don't, yeah right now i'm not remembering whether it's the f e c or whether it was the f What's what's the other one that controls radio and, FCC? and other for FCC? Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean they should be they should be under the same guidelines and protection for the American people that uh, the other news outlets are. And I think it was also for the FEC because what they're doing is a violation of the election law because they they use this censoring ability to uh, regulate or to to uh, quell political views that they disagree with so by doing that they're they're essentially making a comp- campaign an in kind campaign contribution to to those who are running on the opposite side
1: and the problem with it, on one hand, is you would say, well, hey, Twitter and, you know, some of these organizations are or private groups, they can do what they want with their own platforms. The problem with some of that is they've taken government money to get to their sheer size in the first place. Government has almost built monopolies. If you really study and understand how big tech came to be in the modern day, it was government universities backed with the Pentagon and the military, backed with these private universities. So you got universities, you got the military. Uh, And then you've got big tech in this triad, and they've created these massive systems. And now it's really hard to say they're private companies, Jim.
2: Well, I mean, that's true. Um, And I know that's been an ongoing debate. But on the other hand, uh, the point I made earlier about their getting involved in political campaigns, which they essentially are, becomes a violation of the election code and uh, election finance laws so because they are they are actually giving benefit they're benefiting certain certain uh, political races campaigns now of course uh the local newspaper radio station and so on there are some restrictions and so on what they can do as far as but they can uh you know Russ Limbaugh can, or Sam Bush and whoever can give their viewpoints, political viewpoints and say whatever. But if he gets to the point where you are uh, suppressing one viewpoint or where you're suppressing the um, viewpoint of one campaign and promoting another one, then you become uh, – Liable under the FEC for for supporting an election a, a campaign.
1: Well, Dennis and, Prager and others are sure trying to uh, get back at YouTube and everything else, but they just can't seem to win in the courts.
2: No, it's very difficult. It's definitely an uphill battle. There's no question about that, and um, there there needs to be some change there because it's 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 not right. I mean, you you have different different aspects of it. The election. Finance laws are is one area, but then of course the other is the public forum. You know, are they do they they qualify as a public forum? And where where it's something that is a public forum, there has to be access or there has to be availability for for different viewpoints, and whether that be the town square or uh, universities or wherever. There's uh, you know there there Public forum laws would say that you have to allow for differing viewpoints.
1: Kurt?
7: Boy, it's an interesting time. Uh, You know, I was looking at this a little more detail on this story uh, that we were just talking about with uh, Facebook uh, banning it and uh, Google and, uh, you know, YouTube, etc. And uh, it's nice to see uh, some reports of it. Uh, For example, news.com.au. So that would be the Australians. Uh, They've got uh, uh, their headline, Coronavirus U.S. Doctor Claims She's Cured COVID-19. A group of doctors have gone viral for sharing their treatment for coronavirus with one claiming she's cured hundreds of people from it. Uh, This particular uh, doctor... uh, Uh, Stella Emanuel is a Houston GP, that's a general practitioner as far as I understand, uh, stood with several others on the steps of Capitol Hill in Washington to say she had successfully treated more than 350 people with coronavirus using hydroxychloroquine. Um, uh, They call her the deliverance minister, said she went to medical school in Nigeria where she treated malaria patients with the drug which President Donald Trump claimed could prevent or treat COVID-19, uh, Dr. Emanuel claimed the drug worked in the video, which got more than 20 million views on Facebook and continues to spread after being removed. How does it get spread? Because people after put being it up removed? in
1: places like uh, Breitbart and other, like the link that uh, Patty gave you. She says, "Hey." you know what, Uh, get this video before they take it down. So there's a few companies or a few groups that have put up videos on their own sites, not through the main distribution services. So the video is hard to find, but it is still up. That's how.
7: Very good. So she says, I'm here because I have personally treated over 350 patients with covid Uh, She said patients that have diabetes, patients that have high blood pressure, patients that have asthma, old people. I think my oldest patient is 92, 87-year-olds, and the result has been the same. I put them on hydroxychloroquine. I put them on zinc. I put them on Zithromax, and they're all well. Uh, She said she put herself, her staff, and other doctors she knew on hydroxychloroquine for prevention of COVID-19, We see patients, 10 to 15 COVID patients every day, she said. We give them breathing treatments. We only wear surgical masks. None of us has gotten sick. It works.
1: Dr. Uh, Bartlett from Texas speaks out as well. I don't know if he's part of this group or not, but there's a whole alternative narrative by legitimate physicians that's flat out being shut down by these people. Now, another quick topic before we let Jim fly. Did you know the state of Illinois is being sued again for denying Residents, their Second Amendment rights?
2: No, I was not aware of that. What's uh, what what call, what's that based on?
1: As far as I understand, they're supposed to have, file paperwork before they can have guns or whatever. And the paperwork's being held up by the state. So the state's claiming we're not denying you your rights. Uh, it's because of the corona, don't you know? And so they're yeah, just not course. letting people continue, even though they're claiming they're not denying gun rights. In effect, it turns out to be.
2: Yeah, I just saw a segment on TV last night about a, a business owner in Chicago that had applied back in March for a permit and hasn't been able to – well, of course, that would be Illinois. So, um, you know, experiencing that same problem. I yeah, think again, this transparency or this Illinois. this
1: ethics is uh, the key that Don Blank- Blankenship is talking about. Is, it comes forefront, doesn't it, Jim?
2: You know, it absolutely does, and they'll use every excuse like that to deny fundamental basic rights, constitutional rights that are supposed to be secured by the Constitution, and they'll use that as an excuse to deny them.
1: All right. Did you hear our buddy (laughs) Joe Biden got caught? I guess he uh, stole a campaign slogan. His new slogan is called Build Back better, and uh, he is using that slogan now, but it turns out that he stole it from a UN climate change initiative. And so, he's starting out with a fraudulent, stolen campaign slogan Go, Joe, go, huh?
2: He's, he's a plagiarist from way back, so he's that, that's
1: why I bring it up because we mind. just see the same from him. He hasn't even yeah. learned his lessons, it's a pattern. Yeah, you'd end uh, up with help. a commander and thief, yeah. wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, God help us if he gets elected, that's all I say. Do
1: you want to respond to that, Kurt?
8: Well,
7: I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, Jim said it very well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, the Constitution Party is key. It's the party of integrity, liberty and prosperityconstitutionparty.com. Final words, yours, Jim.
2: Let's all be diligent. Let's be faithful. Let's uh, continue to expose the truth, to get the truth out there and expose the lies of the, of the major media and establishment and continue what you're doing. I appreciate it so much.
1: Godspeed, sir. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Jim Clymer, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody like him doing a phenomenal job for decades of the Constitution Party. He was the vice presidential candidate uh, before with Darrell Castle doing a phenomenal job. For Sam, Kurt, and Jim, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.
0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, Talk, radio Show. Talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for July 28th in the year of our Lord, 2020, hour two of two. We always want to promote God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property. And man, I've been a pioneer in the podcast world for a long, long time, baby. And I'll tell you what, man, I've been predicting that podcast goes mainstream and internet radio goes mainstream. What, Kurt, since 94, 95 range? Is that yeah, where it I all started? I think
7: it was about when we first got into the media. I'm when we first sure got the media
1: in 94, yeah. 95, and then we bought a radio station Somewhere in 96, in there, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it has come to fruition more than you could have imagined. Let me introduce our guest. His name is Rockwell Felder. And Rock is the co-founder of a company. He's also the CFO of this same company. And it's called Squadcast.fm. Just S-Q-U-A-D-C-A-S-T, just like it sounds, Squadcast.fm. And I'm telling you right now, it's an interesting portal. That we'll get to in just a second. But you know what? He's the co-founder with Zach Moreno. So Zach and Rock founded Squadcast.fm. It's a very cool site. And I'm going to give you a little headline to kind of make the point. So podcasts have primarily been audio for the longest time. But now Spotify now supports video podcasts. Yeah, Spotify supports video podcast so now we're doing radio and tv podcasting style and you know what it first started out with a bunch of hackers and jackers and stuff but now it's becoming more and more and more and more professional by the second in fact the big boys who kind of snickered at podcasts before are now embracing it like you would not believe rocks at the fort he's the rock of the podcast industry if you will welcome to liberty roundtable sir
9: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And also, thank you for embracing podcasting. It's Not, not everybody in radio feels the same way you guys did, so uh, I really appreciate that. And thanks again for having me on.
1: I know. That's because they're not new and innovative. They're just a bunch of yesteryears, and they're going to melt down and fall apart. they got too much commercial clutter. And if they don't change quickly, they're going to fall so far behind, they'll never regain uh, any relevance. Rock, I really mean that.
9: I, I, it, it, you might be right. It you, uh, sounds like you have a knack for, for forecasting the future. So I'm not going to doubt you this time.
1: Well, you know, AM FM radio is great. Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of support out there for that. There will be for quite some Absolutely. time. It's in every car it's everywhere. But in my opinion, what you don't do is you don't embrace something and then reject something else. Why not just bust out and embrace it all, sir?
9: I totally agree. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and, and, Share the podcast story and tell you a little bit about, about myself and and uh, you know what's going on in podcasting because you're absolutely right. Um, you know we started in 2016, but things have changed so much, uh, especially in the last two years. Um, so looking forward to unpacking all that here.
1: Yeah, all right. Let's start talking about you first. Where are you from? Tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this first.
9: Yeah. thank you. Yeah, so I um, I was born in Fresno, California, but consider Sacramento, California my home. Um, that's where I pretty much grew up, went to high school. High school is actually where I met my uh co-founder uh and our CEO, Zach Moreno, um, and you know, stayed there for, for most of my life and went to college in Sacramento and got a background in um finance and accounting and was working at a, a accounting firm in Sacramento and um you know was doing pretty good, all things considered, uh, but just felt this like desire and and really this calling to do something more independent, more creative, uh, just to get just to see what if and, and see what it would be like to, to create something from the ground up. And um, I was like going through my own personal struggle. And little did I know that that Zach, who had kind of went his separate route after high school, he went the software development route. So the software that is Squadcast has been primarily built by him. Um, so. Super fortunate to have such a talented person like that on our team and, and with the vision that he had. But he was kind of going through his own personal struggle. And when he asked me to be his partner, and it was about podcasting, I was already a big fan of the medium as a listener. So it was really exci- uh, easy to get excited about. And it was more so about this opportunity when it comes to recording a podcast remotely when. You and your guest or co-host are not in the same room. Like, how do you do that but still keep it up to the quality as if it did happen in a studio? And that's uh, what became Squadcast today.
1: All right. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, what a podcast is and then how you got into it. Because, you know, developing podcasts is kind of technical. You say, what is a podcast? And I would say simply this. Normally, you think of an MP3 file as an audio file or an MP4 Mm -hmm. as a video file. And that file alone can be listened to anywhere. Uh, the problem is you can't really distribute it, you can't really publish it places, you can't really make it non techy that way, because you got to have a player, you got to get it in somebody's hands, you got to distribute it, you got to do all these things. Well, podcasting is the idea that we can put some techno geek stuff around it, uh, an XML file, the audio or the video file, and then the CDN or content distribution network and then the published points and push it to all these different locations and then let your player know when a new episode happens or your podcast uh, client let uh, you know it know when a new uh, version or a new episode is out it's all that getting all that done to put it in the hands of people and make it easy to play that turns a file into a podcast is that a good enough summary for the average joe
9: I think that's a great summary uh and it is one of the difficult things about being a podcaster today is it's much a much like starting your own startup because you're usually dealing with limited resources maybe you have a team but if you do it's pretty small and certainly everyone's wearing a bunch of hats and I think most people when they start a podcast they see you know Terry Gross or Joe Rogan or you know anybody who um It makes it look easy, right? And they're just, they make it look like all you need to do is just get behind the mic and talk and that's it. But there's so much other stuff that goes into creating a podcast or just the show in general. Um, And it's, it's, it's not easy. And so what we try to do at Squadcast is really help podcasters like simplify it. Um, It doesn't have to be Complex, um, but it's not going to be easy either. And just creating content on a regular, you know, daily or weekly schedule is is difficult in itself. So I think what a lot of us com- uh, industry companies are trying to do is trying to educate folks that are coming into the space, but also feel what uh, find ways to keep them engaged and keep podcasting because it's pretty difficult to to keep it up, um, especially you know week after week, year after year, but the beauty of podcasting is it really does reward persistence, and that's just what it takes. It, it, it takes about a year or two of just really grinding it out and really growing and nurturing an audience, um, but it pays off tremendously um, once you give it a,
1: some time. Now, what Squadcast.fm has managed to do, ladies and gentlemen, is take out the complications you know, how do you not only get behind a microphone, but how do you get all your people, whether they be remote, whether they be a guest, whether they be, how do you not only deal with the tech yourself, but then how do you help all those other people around you deal with the tech? Because they're around you in the sense that you're together, right, in your podcast, but yet you may be separate physically. How do you deal with all that and help all these other people that you want to bring to the table? You got these great ideas. You want to make it all happen. It sounds awesome. You get excited. and Then the tech just seems to just be a problem squadcast.fm literally takes the tech out of podcasting why don't we start there and say it only takes a browser yeah and a mic thank you for those and headphones right
9: yep that's it thank you yeah no that's really that's really nice of you to say i really appreciate it and that is exactly how the idea for squadcast started was zach was trying to create a, a science fiction podcast with his friends his friends were all scattered across california And they just ran into trouble with making it easy to get like high sound quality, because if you're doing like an uh, it was like a fiction podcast. So it's almost like an, uh, you know, like a movie, but in audio form. So the production quality needed to be high. We couldn't deal with that Skype or Zoom sound that you hear based on the changes or fluctuations in Internet quality. Um, and so it was very frustrating for Zach and the team that were trying to produce this podcast because it also wasn't very fun. So it was supposed to be like a creative outlet, and it wasn't fun. And then what Zach did was he was initially discouraged and saw that the rest of podcasting was all over the place when it came to recording a remote uh, podcast interview or conversation or show. And it was this kind of trade off between it was either extremely difficult to get high quality, or if you wanted ease of use, you had to kind of accept that the quality was going to be less. And that was using tools like Skype or Zoom. And it's not that Skype and Zoom are, are necessarily bad, it's just they weren't built for the purpose of capturing the audio in that conversation in the highest sound quality possible. So
1: they were designed for live, real time video conferencing or audio conferencing interactions. Uh, with a different purpose in mind. This is designed to say, hey, let's produce a quality production from the ground up. How do we do that?
9: Exactly, yeah. So that is exactly what we saw as our opportunity because the, the folks in podcasting, our hypothesis was podcasting is evolving and maturing, and with that, the quality is going to need to become uh, the standard. There's going to be a standard for quality. It's not going to be acceptable to have low quality and expect listeners to continue to put up with that. But then also we saw that more folks are going to want to collaborate and record their shows remotely, that not everybody's going to have access to a studio or have the ability to bring in their guests or co-hosts into the same place as them. So we didn't want um, distance to be a barrier from you recording your show and recording your show in the highest sound quality possible.
1: Rock Felder with us, ladies and gentlemen. CFO and co-founder of Squadcast.fm. We told you that, you know what, it's a lot of tech. It's hard. But Squadcast.fm changes that game, ups the ante on quality big time. We'll tell you how in seconds.
10: Kosher certified, put the two words together to get kosher-certified, which is spelled with an S E H instead of just S H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way. And it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S C H still make the sh-h sound as in all those American food producers saying, let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this. The Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities, and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified now to confuse our audience even more we put a question mark at the end of our name and that really cinched our trademark approval it relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior the kosherquestion.com
0: attention liberty news radio listeners hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in america hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today.
1: All right, we're talking about Squadcast.fm. There's two founders, Zachariah Murano, Rockwell or Rockfelder. Rock's with us now riding shotgun, ladies and gentlemen. The website, squadcast.fm. Find podcasting difficult, too techie, frustrating, can't get the quality you want? All right. Well, we're going to tell you how we can change all that. So it, it takes a web browser. Everybody who participates logs into their web browser and just connects to a link. That's all. Everybody's together on a single page now. Yeah, get everybody on one page, huh? Yeah, literally a web page. And when you do that, then all you got to do is have a microphone, headphones, and a browser with a decent internet connection, and you're off to the races. But even if your connection is not perfect, it still works. So why don't you give people just a, a kind of a layman's thumbnail of what you do to make that quality so killer? Rock?
9: Yeah, thank you. And that's a killer setup. Uh, I feel like you're doing part of my job for me. So thank you. Uh, Great, great description of it. So it's exactly right. Like we, we believe that it shouldn't be easy for a podcaster to get the highest sound quality possible out of a remote interview. So the way we do that is a little bit different. Um, Like like I said, Skype and Zoom, they have a totally different method for how they're recording the audio that's captured where they are relying on the internet connection for the quality of that audio that's being recorded. The difference with Squadcast is we are not. We record everyone's audio locally. So what's being said out of your mouth is going to be captured. Now it might, you might have those internet blips in the real time conversation, but that's not actually what's being recorded. Again, what's being recorded is what's being spoken to your mouth, and from your mouth rather, and Squadcast takes care of all the heavy lifting making sure that you get to download those uh, audio tracks in the best sound quality possible. Another thing that we do is we, uh, in addition to recording it locally, we're uploading the audio as the conversation is happening. That's some uh, patent-pending technology we developed just to ensure as another layer of security that you never have to worry about, am I going to get this audio? A lot of podcasters have been burned before because they they use other services that have um, – either damaged their audio or completely lost it and so there's a lot of fear and anxiety that we um, have found a lot of podcasters find when they're recording these remote conversations and I get it Uh, that's why we're here too is because we were burned uh, in our own personal experience so we understand that
1: yeah it reminds me of a Um, teenager that works so hard on their their report when they're a kid and they get it all done and it's awesome and then man somehow they didn't get it saved and oh, geez, now what do I do? And the teenager's in tears. Except this is adult stuff, and money's at stake, right?
9: Money's at stake, and then you're also inviting a guest. Oftentimes, the guest that you're inviting, you're inviting them for a reason, and usually they're a busy person. Maybe they're not uh, the most familiar with new technology or uh, recording audio, so... Again, that's why Squadcast wants to make it really easy for them to just click a button and then, boom, they're in the virtual studio with you. They don't have to do anything other than worry about having a great conversation with you, the podcaster. Uh, again, Squadcast takes care of all of the heavy lifting for getting you, your audio files, and the best sound quality possible. Um, and it's, it's, it's great helping out podcasters because they talk for a living. But we understand that we're a part of the production process and we're a key part so again time is of the essence because there's so much work that goes into preparation for an interview and so we are that interview so it's showtime so the tech just needs to work and honestly we don't even want you thinking about Squadcast when you're when you're on the app having a conversation it's it's enough work trying to create this content and uh do it at a high level um so we just want, to, want you focused on that, and we take care of everything else as far as getting you those audio files in the best sound quality possible.
1: All right. Not only does it record locally for each participant, not only does it virtually real-time upload to the cloud. I say virtual real-time because it's not exactly real-time. There's some milliseconds and some, you know, a little bit behind. It's not perfect, but it's, it's close. It's shockingly very low, low, low delay. That's really important. But once all that stuff's up there, once you got your incredible interview, now what do you have? Separate tracks for the different people so you have total control?
9: Absolutely. So that was another key um value proposition that our customers really uh, enjoy about SquadCast is by default, each of those audio tracks that are recorded locally, they are downloadable in separate tracks in WAVE or MP3 format. We most podcasters like to start from the WAVE uh raw source audio file, and then you can edit those tracks independently. So if like a dog kind of jumps in uh, the conversation, you are you can edit that out a lot easier when it's only competing with one other voice on one track. And then um, most of our customers have some post-production process because they, they do podcasting as a professional or for some professional reason. Um, so there's always this assumption that there's a post-production so what you do is you edit those tracks independently and then combine them in post-production and it's going to sound like it happened in the same room
1: and the best way to take out those little dog barks or things like that is just basically insert silence where it was uh, because then you don't get any uh, drifting or audio off from the different people when you merge your tracks anyway i digress except to say that you have complete control over your audio now that's it yeah you can download it You can use it. You can post-produce it. You can do all kinds of things with it. But the tech is taken out. Now, let's talk about being a guest for a second, because I think this is where we've already talked about two main geniuses. One, recording locally. Two, uploading on the fly. Three, then, separate tracks that are completely controllable. Source audio and all. Uh, But it's also, as a guest, a breeze in nine out of ten times, right?
9: Absolutely. And that was a key component as well. As much as we're trying to make things easy and useful for the podcaster because that is our customer. We do see ourselves having a few other uh, indirect benefactors, if you will, stakeholders in, 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 the, in Squadcast, and that's the guest, but then also the listener. So the guest, we again, we understand that they're not always the most tech savvy or familiar with recording audio, so we want to do our part to make it extremely easy for them and also kind of educate them along the way Set expectations for what they can expect out of a squadcast session, but it's also just better general guidance on how to record audio remotely. Um, a lot of what we do is education in general as a company, just to help podcasters that are new to the space, or certainly help them help their guests have the best session possible. Um, because you're right; like there, there is some tech involved, but we want to keep it minimal you don't need a whole lot of uh complexity to get the best sound out of your audio quality and that's really uh what SquadCast is here for and that's what i do on a day-to-day basis is engage with podcasters in all parts of their journey whether they're just starting off or whether they're uh pretty seasoned but looking for a different way or a way to increase their their uh recording capabilities um and that's that's one of the general things that we we always find is that um there's so much to get uh, distracted by in the space, and there's a lot of people that are – I think they, they mean well, but they're trying to you know, sell you stuff that maybe you don't need or you don't need right now. Um, and so that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do is just make it extremely easy for everybody, but we, we know the guest is a critical part of that. And so uh, the reason why it's a browser-based app instead of like a something you download or install is we didn't want your guest to have to download or install anything that they're only going to use once. So they only have to click a button, and then they're going to be in the virtual studio with you. And that's pretty much all they have to do. They don't have to do anything else. They don't have to send you any files. They don't have to. uh, They don't even have the opportunity to mess things up, like start or stop the recording. It's it's built so that the guest gets this red carpet experience where they show up, they talk, and then they leave as soon as you hit the stop
1: button. Rock is talking about SaaS software, ladies and gentlemen. SaaS, software as a service, in the cloud. If there's upgrades it just happens in the background, you just get the benefit. Very simple, easy to log in. Now, if you're the host and, uh, say, I'm a guest, well, what do you do? You just invite me, I get an email, I click on a link, and I approve my microphone and headphones, and I'm good to go?
9: That's it, yeah. So there's two ways to invite guests on Squadcast. You can schedule it. We have, like, a scheduling system where you can set a time, and you can invite folks via email. Uh, Anyone gets an automatic email from Squadcast to say, hey, you've been invited as a guest on so and so show at this time. You have the ability to add it to your calendar, so you can set reminders and stuff like that. Uh, Inside that email does contain a link. And also, because they are a guest, um, we don't want to assume they know everything or have been on Squadcast before. So there's a list of items on best practices for recording remotely specifically in Squadcast. But you can also directly send your guests a link so you don't have to send an email to them. You can just copy a link and send it to them directly via any any method you prefer. So we really want to make it uh, – we want to empower the podcaster to – we want to w- fit in your workflow, not have you fit Squadcast into your uh, our workflow. Um, we want to empower podcasters to record and produce their shows however they want. So – However you schedule, we try our best to empower that. And then on the other side of, of the production scale and post-production, we try to set you up for success in that way with whatever your post-production process is.
1: Now, what's fascinating is podcasting is literally exponentially increasing like you wouldn't believe. I mean, people who are uh, you wouldn't even think would make it on the radio or whatever are, are basically talking about unique topics, vertical market topics where they've got a niche that, man— People just dig it. We'll talk about a couple of those and talk about what's happening from a statistics point of view in podcasting. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable. Rockfelder with us? Squadcast.fm in seconds.
0: Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes.
8: Agriculture officials in nearly every U.S. state are reporting that people are being mailed unrequested packages of seeds that appear to have been mailed from China, and officials are stressing recipients of the mysterious packages should not plant the seeds. Kentucky Agriculture Commissioner Ryan Quarles.
9: At this point in time, we don't have enough information to know if this is a hoax, a prank,
4: an Internet scam, or an act of agricultural bioterrorism.
8: Some of the packets are reportedly marked as containing jewelry and could display Chinese labeling. Attorney General Bill Barr says Democrats keep trying to discredit him, and he argues that President Trump has never interfered in how he deals with criminal cases. That's what Bill Barr is expected to say today in testimony before the U.S. House Judiciary Committee. This is USA Radio News.
3: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time.
2: I am very pleased with your product. I haven't been sick since I've been taking this, and I contribute a lot of my energy and my health to your product,
3: and I just want to keep taking it. So, you guys just keep making it, okay? <laughs> I just thank God for your company. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA.
2: At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health.
5: One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in
2: animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org.
8: When the pandemic began in the United States, it looked like it was tamping down gun violence in America's streets. But now it's going the other direction. As we hear from USA Radio's John Hunt.
1: Chicago is among several major cities experiencing a big spike in shootings and homicides so far this year. Shooting incidents in Philadelphia are up 57% from last year. In Milwaukee homicides up 95 percent in the first week of july alone the los angeles police department reported that homicides increased 250 percent and new york city has seen a 44 percent spike in shootings this year than during the same period in 2019 police
5: blamed the surge in gun violence on a combination of the early release of people from jail during the pandemic
8: the coronavirus stimulus bill center republicans are proposing includes another round of 1200 dollars checks for most americans the one trillion dollar plan has that in common with a $3 trillion plan from House Democrats. This is USA Radio News.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, Liberty Roundtable Live continues talking about podcasting. I'm telling you right now, it's exploding all over the world. And there's two areas in which it's exploding. The listener, which makes sense. And the podcast creators, which makes sense. On the podcast creator side, as I mentioned right before the pause, this is giving people with unique niches and unique hobbies and unique talents and interests uh, where they might not have had a gig before because the radio groups just want the, quote, masses. uh, This gives them a chance to really talk about something. If you're really into quilting, I know that sounds weird, but if you're a quilter, you know what, you might listen to a quilting podcast. If you are a golfer. You might listen to the golf podcast if you're a and it goes on and on. If you're a sci-fi folk, you know, people you might love on the edge sci-fi. If you're a political folks, you might like our sports or in fact, my son did a podcast for a while. The coronavirus kind of shut him down because all the sports teams quit. Uh, but he did a, a podcast about the Utah Jazz, uh, the Utah Jazz basketball team in the NBA. And his focus was from a fan point of view. When would you get? the ability to listen to somebody from a fan's point of view. But you know what? Because of podcasting, it became possible. That's on the production side. It's exploding. People with unique business opportunities and needs, and it's just everywhere. All right, but now there's a tech survey out. 2020 tech survey. Podcast growth says more than one in four. Now listen to Podcast Weekly. That number is Amazing. One in four. You could say that's not a lot, but you know what? One in four. How many Americans is that? 100 million? 80 million? I don't know, but it's huge. That doesn't even count all the listeners around the world. My podcasts go to listeners all around the world, folks. All right. That number, believe it or not, is led by millennials with 43%, followed by Gen Z at 37%, and Gen X. With 28%, Rockefeller, what generation are you, sir?
9: I think I classify as a millennial, although uh, I don't necessarily identify with it completely. But, yeah, I'm I, I
1: get it. Like- anyway, I'm saying they break it down. The point is the younger you are, the more you're embracing podcasts. Now, I'm an old sucker. I don't even know what generation I am. I'm like redneck generation, born in the 60s, you know? <laughs> Do they got a redneck generation? Anyway, I'm not a baby boomer either. I'm just right after that, whatever the heck that one is. I I can't even remember what that is. What is that? I think you're in my dad. Is it, you know,
7: uh, uh, Rock, I'll give you a little bit more. uh, No, no, no. I don't know how much. All right, go ahead. All right.
1: Go ahead, Kurt. I'm just teasing.
7: I was just going to give you a little more, uh, you know, kind of background on That's Sam. what I, I told don't want. you about how he's, yeah, I know, you don't want to hear that. You want to tell but, him what uh, generation
1: I am? Uh,
7: well, Sam is, uh, you know, was born a blind person, uh, you know, and he grew up uh, basically, you know, kind of dealing with uh, the whole Braille world and that kind of thing. And then he found out <laughs> there's a thing called a computer that he could basically just master and, You know, he'd type about 80 uh, words a minute, and uh, he can make that thing, uh, you know, talk to him. And so he could cruise through documents pretty good, about 800 words a minute. Uh, And, uh, you know, I first met him in the early 90s. uh, Occasionally, he'd have me go as, you know, kind of his site guy, and we'd go and try to fix somebody's computer, and the first thing he'd do is disconnect the, the monitor, uh, it was just amazing to see uh, his abilities. He and his wife built computers for a number of years until all the uh, you know, big boys replaced them with uh, mail-in computers like Dell and different things like that. Sam has developed software, audio software, called Audio Compass with um, a number of other uh, people, and they've sold it to hundreds of different stations as well as uh, broadcast engineers and things like that. I remember going to these uh, big uh, broadcast shows with him and cruising around and him learning all this stuff about ip over codec and all that kind of stuff you guys know all about it a lot more than i do but it was impressive to me to see and so uh, you may even though he's an old guy you know you may want to rely on him for some Uh, things that might even improve what you've got.
1: All right, guess what the main medium for listening to podcasts is? What do people listen the most on? Do you know, Kurt?
7: Their phone, you mean? Yeah. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, it's so obvious to Kurt that he's right. It is the smartphone at 80%. That's according to Jacob's research. Trailing way behind that computer. 35%. Car audio systems at 27%. I guess um, they say smart speakers are at 20%. Now, I predict that smart speakers are even behind tablets right now. I predict that's um, a little bit outdated, and that'll change quickly. A lot of people are starting to use uh, smart speakers. Part of the reason they didn't is because the smart speakers weren't super podcast um, friendly. In other words, it was very hard to get it to pull up your podcast. That's now changing. So they're getting behind the scenes now, and the smartphone speakers are going, I'm sorry. The smart speaker folks are going, "Hey, we better do something to make our digital assistants understand podcasts, or else we're going to get eclipsed." Uh, Rock, interesting research, huh?
9: Yeah, that's absolutely re- interesting research. But first, I want to say, Kurt, thank you for giving me a bit of the backstory on Sam
1: because we should have skipped that part.
9: story. And I'm so happy to hear that you know you have this platform where you can share that with more people because um, you know podcasting is and, and radio is is a medium that. Um, people like you can absolutely uh, thrive in and share your story. And, and you know, that that's awesome. So I don't want to just cover over that. But, yeah, but no, those, those are interesting stats. And I think um, it's definitely what uh, timing is what's helping podcasting grow because we're also so much more digitally connected. Uh, I'm really looking forward to when, like, podcast apps are kind of in the car uh already so uh I, you know i hope i'm not offending any of you radio folks here but like i think that's another big part is like i think radio is still a big part of people's commute even though it, it is changing um but i think it's because people are just so used to turning on their car and then the radio playing whatever whatever their favorite station is but i, I think what's coming is it'll be much easier to access podcasts from your vehicle and of course you know we're our commute is not what it used to be these days, but uh, hopefully we'll get back to, you know, some sort of normalcy. Um, And, and if not, you know, we are connected to our phones. And um, I think one of the cool things about podcasting is you can do it while doing something else. So a lot of people do it while exercising or doing the dishes or cleaning up around the house or like a commute, whereas uh, watching a video on YouTube or Netflix, uh, it it takes up more of your attention. um, And so, you can't. It's harder to do it passively, um, and so I don't know. It's it, it's it's been. I think it's a different use case, and that's what's really interesting about podcasting. Is uh, you know, folks are coming to it oftentimes for different reasons that they'll come to a YouTube video. A lot of podcast uh, people that are fans of the uh, podcast, they come to it for entertainment, but also for education. And that's what really got me hooked. Was like it was this form of what Zach calls personalized education. If I wanted to learn something, I can almost always find a podcast specifically about it by an expert in that particular topic. Um, and where else can you you find that and find that that accessible? It, it, it's difficult in some of these uh, more legacy forms of media. So it's uh, like you said, it, it's it's kind of, it blows my mind still on what kind of podcasts are being created. But I think that's what makes the space so exciting and so interesting is you can literally do whatever you want. Like, even if you don't even care about people listening, even if you don't care about making money, you can totally do that. And then you can absolutely figure out a way to monetize and make money. Uh, there's a few really interesting use cases in the space. One of my favorite is, uh, a podcast called sleep with me. And this is by a, uh, the host name is Drew Ackerman. Drew Ackerman was having trouble, um, sleeping so what he did is he designed a podcast that's supposed to be so boring that it's designed to make people fall asleep while they listen and uh it's been extremely popular but who would have thought that something that's designed to make people fall asleep is is one of the more popular podcasts in the space
1: it doesn't end the things people are doing it is just incredible now listen to this carefully you'll you'll dig this rock public radio in new york announces new leader by Ben Cesario. And they say the last time New York public radio station, WNYC had a new boss. It was 1995. Rudolph Giuliani was mayor. Listen to this though. And the station had an audience of about a million listeners a month and an operating budget of about $8 million. So a million listeners a month and about $8 million in annual budget. Since then, they have now grown into a media powerhouse. Guess what their budget is today. Any guesses, Kurt?
7: Mm, $50 million.
1: Oh, you're so close, but so far away. Your uh, thinking it's increased is spot on. But, Rock, listen to this. $97 million. They have literally national syndication and dozens of podcasts. A significant portion of National Public Radio going literally from, what, $8 million to $96 million? And they literally podcast is a huge part of their expansion. In the article, they even talk about National Public Radio saying, man, podcasting is huge. We're embracing it. It's here to stay. And that's where we see our growth. Rock's response on your radio. We're talking about Squadcast.fm.
6: Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family.
9: Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org.
1: Rock Felder's with us, ladies and gentlemen. Squadcast.fm, we're talking about National Public Radio. Literally in 95, they had a million listeners a month and an $8 million budget. Now their budget's $97 million. Guess how many listeners they have across all their properties now. Not a million anymore. Any guesses, Rock?
9: I have no idea because you blew my mind with that 97 million figure. Uh,
1: No question. 24 million listeners. Oh. So they've gone from, you know, a million to 24 million. They've expanded. And now they have a podcast division called NYC Studios. Mm -hmm. Did you know National Public Radio has a massive Podcast division, they're taking it that seriously. Now we can delve into the political part of that and say, I don't want to compete with those guys, even though I have to, but that's a whole other topic. The point is it's incredible. Here's the next uh, example. In January, a guard by the name of Farhad Manju, he turned off digital news notifications. He unplugged from social media and he subscribed to newspapers. After too much of the experience, but he added podcast to his experiment. And he said it changed his world. He said it was so incredible. I was able to think again, breathe again, believe again. Kind of an idea. it uh, so there's experiments about people literally unplugging from everything but podcasting and old style newspapers saying, you know what? There's just too much clutter out there. Now, the radio business has talked about clutter, and they came up with a campaign years ago called Less is More, where they wanted to do less commercials. The point is podcasting needs funding, for sure. you got to pay the bills. But you can get away with, you know what, like nineteen old-style old, old style radio, right? You can get away with a, one or two or three sponsors for your podcast, uh, whereas nowadays in radio, it's so expensive, they never get that done. Podcasting is basically like the CB radios of yesteryear. It is becoming the new frontier, and there are solutions every day. Squadcast.fm is quickly becoming one of the top-tier solutions brought to the table for incredible audio quality and solutions that make tech seem easy. Well, in fact, it becomes easy. Uh, Rock, what else? What's the future for you guys? I know you guys are working on a video platform as well, right?
9: Yeah, absolutely. So Squadcast has always had a video element to it, even though the video was not being recorded. And we felt like it was really important to for everyone to see each other and build rapport during the conversation. And our, our hypothesis was that that conversation being recorded is going to sound better to the listeners because they're going to hear how, uh, you know, hear, hear hear that um, you know, that bond that's being formed while you're having a really good interview. Um, but as as you can imagine, um, folks were like, well, we have we, I see the video. Why can't we record that? I would really actually like to use that. And it wasn't intuitive to us at first because we were kind of outsiders to the podcasting space because we were just really fans and listeners. We didn't think that the podcaster would necessarily have any use for the video or, or want to uh, do anything with it. But what we found is that as the the space has evolved, podcasters see themselves oftentimes more than just a podcaster. The podcast might be the, the entree of, of what they're providing, but – they're also doing some type of blog, blogging or emailing or social media um, or adding some content on YouTube. Um, YouTube is a great search engine in and of itself, so it's a great place to for people to find you on your podcast, find your podcast on there, but maybe they don't necessarily listen to your podcast all the time. So it's really just helping Content creators maximize their content where you have one conversation, but now you have the video, you have the audio, and you can do all sorts of cool stuff with that. And so really the future for Squadcast is we see ourselves as being the leader in the remote content production space. So if you want to create something in high quality remotely, Squadcast is the platform to do that. And we'll be adding video recording. Uh, in the next month here. We're actually testing it right now, and it's really exciting what we're seeing. It's really just getting the quality and the reliability of the video recording up to the same standards as our audio, but essentially everything is going to be the same. It's recorded locally. The files will be separate. It allows you to edit them independently and combine them in post-production. You'll have a, a full control over the editorial process and over your content, so that'll be coming very soon, something we're very excited about.
1: All right, as you know, even Michelle Obama getting into podcasting, all right? This is huge, ladies and gentlemen, about who's getting into it, what they're doing with it. There's no end to the opportunities. They even say prolific TV producer Shonda Rhimes now signs a podcast deal, and that's on the heels of Joe Rogan getting what? Big money as he signed with Spotify exclusively? Folks, podcasting is here to stay. And I'm telling you right now, uh, these folks are on the cutting edge of it. And it's getting better by the second. It's getting smarter. It's getting easier. Uh, and really, the new media is taken center stage is the term I use for it, Rock.
9: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I, I, again, really appreciate you guys embracing the space and and finding Squadcast and letting us share our story and, you know, what what we're so excited about Um in podcasting. We're really fortunate to be, uh, you know, having good timing. Um, You know, we really didn't think that, (laughs) we we thought thought that people would have a need to collaborate and create content remotely. We we never could have foreseen a pandemic forcing that to happen more. Uh, But we do feel fortunate that we're at least in a position to help people keep their production on schedule and really see that you can record a conversation remotely and it can sound like it happened in the same room.
1: And believe it or not, there's people starting to use your service for things that you may not have even thought possible. I'll give you an example. I know a band and they're remote from each other and they literally connect and jam.
9: That's that's really exciting. We always saw uh, interesting use cases outside of our original focus for podcasting. We do help some folks record audiobooks, so that's been really helpful because now they don't have to all come to the centralized studio. They can kind of just pop in a Squadcast virtual studio and record their segments as needed uh and it's really actually helped some some of the folks in the audiobook business uh really scale their business in a very uh, cost-effective way. So, yeah, there's all sorts of other exciting um use cases uh we're definitely focused on podcasters for now, even with the video, even with the move to video. It's still very much video for podcasters, but there's certainly other things that we can we can um help out with too. So, Definitely, um, that that is exciting. Music is one that that is exciting. Although I think we probably need to add some stuff to really optimize for it, but uh, I love it.
1: All right, any other nuggets for the future for us?
9: Nuggets for the future. Yeah, I think I think there's a you know we're we're not at a, on a shortage of any ideas. So beyond video recording, what we're really excited about is offering an ability to have this passive audience experience. And there's really two use cases for that. One, it's like if you're a podcaster and want to give your super your super fans like maybe some private access or uh, the ability to watch you record live and have some level of engagement, but they would not be on mic or on camera, if you will, um, that is something that we're really excited about. And then also um, the use case for that is for teams of podcasters because right now we're seeing a lot more networks and organizations like an ESPN or like um, uh, Spotify who are using Squadcast to record their shows, they have a lot more people that don't necessarily need to be on mic or on camera, like a PR person or uh, like a producer that can, again, engage with the conversation and interview, but not be on mic or camera. So that's something I think that we're really excited about because it's just going to help so much people and really help podcasters Get another layer of engagement with their with their community, uh, especially you know just another way to reward your, your 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 biggest fans, which is really awesome.
1: The behind the scenes might be called backstage, ladies and gentlemen. That's just my. That's not. That's not. That's a good. That's a good word. That's not rocker, Zach. Or Zachary, that's just me talking on your radio, having a good time. But think about it, backstage. You know, you get a special little code, and you click on a link, and pretty soon you're backstage with your favorite podcasters one of the things about podcasters is they're not all rock stars they're real people you can actually contact them and learn from them and talk to them and be friends with them and it's actually a real community that is is flourishing uh everywhere um last thing i would like to see though is click a button and let it upload the produced podcast to your favorite podcast host so there's all kinds of things that are in, in the works and happening and being contemplated and thought about and man they got an interesting roadmap i'll tell you what any final word for the public then we'll let you fly sir
9: Yeah, well, again, just thank you so much for having me on. I had a great time talking with you guys. And if anyone is interested in Squadcast, it's squadcast.fm is our website. Uh, You can follow us on all the major social channels at squadcast.fm. And then if you email us or contact us directly through the site, you'll get connected with me or one of our other team members, and we're happy to chat podcasting with you. Everyone gets a free seven-day trial to test the product out. We really want you comfortable and confident the next time you go into your interview. So uh, please just reach out, and we're we're happy to help.
1: Rock, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Rock Felder, doing a great job, ladies and gentlemen, along with Zach. They created podcast uh, software that's really in the cloud. So I call it software as a service. SaaS software is what they call it, to help you get a handle on your podcast. You don't have to be a techno goof like me to get it done anymore. You can do it as a mere mortal. How do you like them apples? Man, they're kind of the apple of the podcast world, aren't they? Apple made everything easy to do on your phone. These guys are making it easy for everything on your podcast creation. Squadcast.fm. Kurt, you want to give a final thought? It has arrived, um, sir.
7: Yeah, it's amazing to see, um, you know, the movement there. Um, uh, You know, at least uh, I wish, um, you know, talking about the uh, NBR thing, that the government had quit funding that and let it uh, provide or either survive or fail on its own, but... You know, it's amazing to see uh, how many places are embracing this uh, podcasting uh, plan and this uh, delivery systems that people can use uh, in so many ways uh, now and uh, with your phones, with your uh, so many, so many options. It's incredible, I'm saying.
1: Yes, I think so. And, Kurt, I don't mean to shut you up talking about me a little bit. You're free to say what you want on the radio. It's just embarrassing and it's uncomfortable and, you know, That's what drives that. I, you know, I just, I do the best I can. And I like the content to be kind of the focus of what we do and stuff like that. And the education and the entertainment and all that. I don't really like to be the center of attention too much. And so that's what kind of drives that, right? Understood. But man, what a tech survey though. More than one in four now listen to podcasts. That number is led by Millennials primarily the platform of choice smartphones man more and more people are coming though I And mean, when michelle obama decides she wants to podcast you know it's hit mainstream huh kurt and half the tv personalities and people who used to be on tv are all doing podcasts now too what bill o'reilly glenn beck i mean i can go on and on and on all those people have podcasts and so really it started out as a laughable matter and now it's a serious mainstream reality and only getting stronger by the second sir even the big i Heart radio folks i went to a an event called Silicon Slopes in Utah. It was a tech conference. Um, was it 2019? I went to it. I think no, 2020. Anyway, I think it's 2020, right at the start of the year before the Corona, you know, took everybody out. Anyway, in that event, they had an iHeart Radio executive come and tell how they're taking podcast seriously and putting big money into podcasting. And they basically answered the the idea: "Is radio dead?" And not with podcasting was her point. Not with online. Delivery. Anyway, incredible stuff. Final word, Kurt? Final thought?
7: Well, let's um, use these amazing uh, tools to get the uh, truth to the
1: American people and all the world, Sam. Amen to that. Yeah. All right. For Rock Felder, hope we can speak for him. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby, you know what? We're telling you right now, great things in the future for America and the world. And I know that it seems like a lot of turmoil and a lot of tough times. I get it. But let's look at the bright side. Dab into your hobbies a little bit. Get involved in, you know what? Making the world a better place. Would appreciate it if you would.
6: God save the republic.